0: I used to come here every Friday and I would write over there on my laptop. i get the same burger and sweet potato fries. And I think I probably have written about three books in this restaurant. That was Bishop
1: Megan Rohr coming to us from Harvey's in the Castro, where we recorded. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. In this podcast, the first trans bishop in a major U.S. church joins us to share the story of their life. Their ancestors came to the Midwest from various parts of Northern Europe and started farming. Their mom and dad met after mom moved to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where their dad grew up. Megan talks about life as a kid and young adult in Sioux Falls. After Matthew Shepard was murdered, they pivoted from art to religious studies in college. Please join us Thursday for part two and the continuation of Bishop Megan's life story. Here's Bishop Megan.
0: I mean, in the way back times, my people lived in Switzerland and Germany and Norway and moved to the middle of the United States I think just because that's where they could get jobs easily. They said it was because they used to be farmers, like in Norway. Okay. But I, like, visited there, and there were not farms where they were from. Uh, just, like, sheep and rocks. I was thinking they're both pure. cold. Cold, yeah. I mean, Yeah. But so they they moved to the Midwest. They like lived in barns hmm. and like worked their way up to like having a house and a farm of their own. Like, Was this all in,
1: in South Dakota or mm-hmm. okay? Yep,
0: and
1: and do you know when that when that when those ancestors came over?
0: Seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds ish. Okay. I did the whole ancestry thing, but I didn't. The numbers are not my strong suit. That's okay. I can tell you an amazing story about it that will be like 98% accurate and then 2% awesome
1: story. That's kind of, that would be the tagline of our podcast. Yeah.
0: 98% accurate.
1: Yeah. Because, um, okay, so, so roughly 1700s.
0: Yep. And yeah. li-
1: living in barns. Looking for that, like continue that farm life. But, like, I mean, it probably wasn't even like America yet it was just like a new world
0: yeah kind of um you know like covered wagons and horses and my great grandmother like when she went to school carried a bucket full of lard with a piece of bread in it yes and like went on a horse wagon and all that kind of fun little house on the prairie sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But they were depression survivors. Mm -hmm. And so my family is very, very much kind of carrying the trauma from having survived, like all the banks failed, all the insurance companies failed, all the land failed, and... The
1: bottom fell out.
0: Right, which I think explains some of the like, let's not trust anything. And when stuff you, we got going on in the world. Would that be your grandparents' generation? or? Yeah, my grandmother was... Let's say she was 10-ish, like, living through that time. They drove to Oregon to look for work and then drove back to South Dakota to the same place. Didn't find any. Are like,
1: you ever like, why didn't you just stay in Oregon?
0: It would have been good. Yeah,
1: it would have worked out for you, probably. Yeah.
0: Hell, South Dakota is a great place to be from though because well number one you can drive 80 on the highways there you can get your driver's license at 14 because it's great for
1: 14 year olds it's scary well, at forty. well but that's
0: because like people are going to be having their kids drive anyway to help on the farm right and it'd be better to have them learn the rules of driving so it's practical of course it is yeah it's not just like a fun <laughs> thing to do it's also fun yeah you
1: know, or weeding out friends like a Darwinism. Like,
0: there you, you go, go, kids. Yeah, good luck to you. No, um, but also in South Dakota, like you have to be friends with the person who disagrees with you on everything because that's always the person when you're in a blizzard and you slide off the road. Who's going to be the one who has to stop and help you? Right. So you just you can't hold grudges and separate in the same way. You can. You can um, say your opinions, and people re- will respect you as being like an honest person, where they know where you stand. But then they'll still be like rooting for you, even though they don't agree with you. It's it's a different planet if you think about like Bay Area life. Right.
1: There is also, I'm guessing, more physical separation, less density. <laughs>
0: Yards everywhere. You
1: were. People, humans. Right.
0: Yeah, our house was small by South Dakota standards, but we would all watch the same TV show in different rooms of the house. Okay. Right. Which is not a luxury I have had during sheltering place right, with right, my right. family and kids. Right, <laughs> right.
1: I'm getting ahead of your story, but I'm guessing you grew up in like the 80s 90s 80s born in
0: 1980
1: okay okay, okay so. yeah okay um, let's go back then so so we were talking about your, your grandparents generation um, yep. do you know any or, or what do you know about your parents lives and their stories and how maybe eventually how they met
0: yeah my mom lived in a small town of 2000 they don't have a street light but they have a stop sign
1: and I bet it was a big uproar when they put in the stop sign oh my gosh yeah
0: yeah as big an uproar as like in the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, nice analogy
1: there. Like yeah. That connection. And...
0: Then. Uh, so she had a she had six siblings, and so she's like the oldest.
1: This is sorry. This is your mom. hmm okay. So she
0: had to like babysit all the time, and was, she was like, the hands out. Yeah. Yep. So she went to the big city of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, at the time population like four hundred and eighty thousand. Is Sioux Falls in the east? The east of and the south. south Dakota? Like not far from Minnesota. Not far. It's like 15-minute drive from Minnesota. Depends on which way you go. You can also get to Iowa pretty quick. Do you want to guess how I
1: know that about Sioux Falls?
0: It's because I twenty-nine and I ninety intersect there, and you drove to somewhere else more impressive.
1: That's the nerd in you guessing.
0: <laughs> um, no, just the show Fargo. Oh, okay. Sioux Falls
1: comes up in Fargo, the, the TV show a little bit.
0: As it should. Absolutely. Or as they would say in the TV show, Fargo. Oh, sure. Hey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So, so she, she, she
1: got out of the one-stop sign, 2,000 people town. Yep. To get the better life or something. To move to the big city.
0: Yeah. Um, she got a job as a teller at a bank where she then worked from age 18 until she retired.
1: Oh, yeah. And she worked
0: her way up from, like, teller to, like, vice president of the tellers. Who, like, like at different branches and stuff like that.
1: Is that because mom's a badass, or?
0: Yeah, I mean, she worked really hard. You gotta be, like... Like, I think you can only, like, be off in the change drawer, like, twice. And then you can't be a teller anymore. So you have to be, like, very specific. But my parents got divorced when I was six. So she, like... We did the, the, like, go through the wick line and get powdered milk and giant blocks of cheese kind of stuff for a while. Okay. And she just is very determined to, like, save and be fiscally responsible and, like, pay off bills and all of those things. And, you know, all the stuff you want a banker to care about,
1: right? I was going to say, she found the right profession.
0: Yeah. No, it was good. Well, and it's all the, like... Like, if if it's true that i as i suppose that the nagging voice in the back of all of our heads is really our mom and what our mom cares about so that we can like live a life so that when we have a phone call with our mom it will go better okay um, that it kind of like works out if you end up being a bishop who's the head of a large nonprofit and right cuz then you're fiscally responsible and you save and it help it i mean It meant when I came to the Bay Area and I was just, like, a young 21-year-old working with the homeless that, like, instead of going out and partying, I was like, I should get a mortgage on the cheapest place you can find in the Tenderloin and, like, struggle for years with, like, as, as like, thank goodness I could get one of those really crappy mortgages that they really ought not to have given to me. But, like, just kept paying it off and then, like... Right, and just knowing that like San Francisco real estate was gonna be a better investment than any possible retirement. So that's like my mom on my back of my head being like, "You should save, and it'll be great."
1: Okay, so that's mom's story. Um, yeah. Do you do you know your dad's story as far as how he ended up in Sioux
0: Falls and or
1: meeting? He mom? grew
0: up in Sioux Falls. He's from there. Uh, my my grandmother and grandfather owned like apartment buildings that they would fix up and were like the managers of an apartment of like a fourplex.
1: They call it manager or super?
0: Manager in South Dakota.
1: Super's like a New York thing. Well, because
0: in South Dakota everything's about humility. Like be in the paper when you're born and when you die and don't ever think you're super.
1: Right? Okay. Yeah, I like that.
0: I respect that. So it's uh,
1: That was your grandparents?
0: That was my grandparents. My Company?
1: It was a it was a cert like they owned... they owned... no stuff. They, they just like just owned it
0: owned it. My grandpa was a bomber in the Korean War, and um, got a whole bunch of like gold stars for doing things that I'm sure were helpful then and maybe terrible. It's hard to know. Right. Bomber. Right. right? Drop bombs on right. a lot of places. Right. All over. My dad served in the marines in some of the adjacent things that happened around vietnam i think he was the stories are vague but but um what he has told me is that he was a sniper perhaps in cambodia oh okay so also like well crap
1: yeah okay so so he was already there dad was already in sioux falls mom moved there do you know the story of how they met
0: The tale is that, like, he was this... Well, my dad is, like, one of the most charming human beings in the world. The Roar side of my family is, like, charmers. Okay. Like, can talk you into whatever. I use mine for evangelism, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, sure, sure. He used his for, like, love throughout his life and getting out of trouble, maybe. Okay. Uh, Because both my grandfather and my father on the Roar side became drinkers as a result of their war experience because mm. it wasn't a thing anyone ever talked about mm-hmm. and so um and VFWs and places where there was community for people who were veterans was about kind of that kind of culture and
1: community so, and commiseration yeah like... so
0: my parents got divorced when I was six after kind of a. Issue of my dad's drinking so mm. large that the restraining order was that he had to move to California. Holy shit! To far enough away.
1: Pardon my, or whatever. We can cuss. It's my Absolved. show. Absolved. Yeah,
0: um, and you said oh, holy first. Like yeah, that's, it's,
1: yeah. It's because you. Uh, wait, can we just uh, quickly go back to how they met, though, real, real fast, and then we'll then we'll.
0: I don't give her many like stories of it being like lovely. Okay. Mostly just like that. My dad was this like charming. <laughs> college student or he said he was a college student who knows um, he was going to be a lawyer but then dropped out at some point he worked at a bank he ended up working at a bank too a same bank from my no a competing bank
1: competing bank
0: and he did like like debt collection Ooh. right so he knew all the sheriffs or something like or I, how did the- he did know all the sheriffs because he had wanted to be a sheriff but that
1: was a dreamer sounds like
0: I, I or, mean he was into this idea of like having a good life that if you worked hard enough you could get it but kind of in in a way that like ends up being hard because right he... When, when he moved to California, he was like, well, I'm not going to pay child support. So he ends up, because South Dakota made a law saying, you, or California made a law saying you couldn't get your driver's license if you didn't pay your child support. So he okay. ended up having to move back to South Dakota when I was 12 okay. in order to like work and had to start over. And, hmm. So he's a brilliant guy. Still with us? Still with us. Um, I presided at one of his weddings. Like I said, he's a charmer. It was at Margaritaville. Yes. And I was the I pastor. Kind of love all this. And I dressed as Elvis and played Fool's Rushed In. Yeah, he did. They later got divorced, so I feel like the song selection was appropriate. Absolutely. But uh you never forget presiding at your dad's Margaritaville wedding. Yeah. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> um just because I'm so curious, those six yeah. years he was in California, where was he?
0: Visalia, Glendale. Oh, okay. Kind of area. Um, Dodgers he... fan. Is that all I have to say to be just like, uh?
1: Does he talk about that time?
0: Not a lot. Not a lot. I mean, we came out to visit him. My, My grandma, my grandpa had this like... You can imagine it now because it would be really cool if we owned it. It's like a brown van with like carpet inside. Oh yeah, we had one. And it had like a bed in the back. Yes, windows. Windows. Okay. Sort of, but they were so dark. Mm-hmm. And like bucket seats mm-hmm. that like went all around you, like a I lazy boy kind of deal. We had the
1: same van, Nick. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Bishop.
0: But we um. didn't get to like stop during the trip. Because I think my grandpa had been a trucker at some point or something. And he had this, like, we keep going kind of attitude. So there was a coffee can in the van. (laughs) And that was the part I remember being slightly traumatizing.
1: Is this the same uh, bomber grandfather? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. He's tough.
1: And and I'm getting ahead of us, but another. But he did
0: once win a beard growing competition, and you won, like, a giant beard. Okay, full dude how grandpa. big was
1: the beard do you, do you, is it when you I think alive? you
0: had like a certain number it was like a time frame that you had to grow it so okay. it was like a speed beard growing competition or something
1: and you literally have no control other than because everyone grows different
0: well I feel rates. like you could groom <laughs> it and fluff it and
1: right. you put could things in it straighten it if it were I know
0: people are going to be like tweeting you right now being like duh you gotta put oils in it yeah, yeah. People in San Francisco know the, the Bearderati. I know the, be bears, after, the bears. The bears yeah, yeah. are going to tell you. Yeah, that's great.
1: It's a community podcast. Yeah. So, um, so y'all came out to visit. Yeah. Sorry, uh, another backup, real quickly. Are do you have siblings?
0: So in Visalia, when okay. we came to visit, <laughs> you had a whole
1: family meeting.
0: The neighbor, my dad's like giving us a a tour of his apartment where he's living. The neighbor goes, more kids. Dun-dun-dun. So then I learned that there were other marriages and two other step-siblings. Half-siblings is what you call them. If they they were his. Yeah.
1: Bio his.
0: And then uh, when I was 12, my youngest sister was born.
1: Okay. Are you your mom and dads
0: only? I have a brother that is my full brother. Okay. And he does uh, online videos called The Bearded Redneck. Okay. Where he live streams hunting and fishing. Okay. In very strange and unusual ways. Just another fun podcast, googly kind of deal. You all are a modern family. Super duper, yeah. In a way, yeah.
1: Um, okay, so um, from six to twelve, dad was in visalia ish area, mm-hmm. and then he came back. When he came back, but 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 you you continued to live with mom. Yep. Is that right? And you so you grew up in your mom's house. Yep. Um, when dad came back, was he in your life?
0: Yeah. So I would see him every other weekend, and my at this point my grandmother. They had sold the apartment building, and she was living in, like, a trailer home. Um, And so they moved into the same trailer park to be near where my grandmother was.
1: Got it. I can ask specific questions, or just you can just launch into growing up in the 80s and early 90s in Sioux Falls. South Dakota.
0: I think the 80s in South Dakota was... It feels like it was a time of... Like, leave it to Beaver. Mm. I, there literally was a black person okay, in the school district. Okay, I was going to ask district.
1: diversity, yeah.
0: And um, that changed because Lutheran Social Services, which is really big in the Midwest and here in San Francisco, does a lot of the immigration and refugee resettlements. And okay. so Sioux Falls now is incredibly diverse, both from refugee and immigrant communities and... Uh, from the number of hospitals and medical facilities mm. that are now in the space. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very much more diverse, very different kind of space. Good. Yeah, which is great, because when she was 17, my sister converted to Islam
1: okay.
0: in Sufal South Dakota. Okay. After meeting a man online that she fell in love with, Moved to Egypt and married him.
1: Okay, wow.
0: Then moved back to Sioux Falls. And um, as you can imagine, South Dakota, you wouldn't expect to be a place with lots of mosques. Right. But is now. Right? So. Where were the refugees from? Uh, all over, kind of depending upon which place we had a war with. So Somalia. Russia Mm -hmm. Lots of um, Lots of diverse languages Part of that is because during that Maybe still now But during that time period South Dakota had a negative unemployment rate There were more jobs than people Okay Because people move away and it's not very populated Mm. The other dynamic that happened in South Dakota Is that the governor In the somewhere in the 80s and 90s, created a... He wanted all the banks to have their headquarters in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So I don't know if you're aware of it, but your bank statements might say Sioux Falls on them. I.
1: That's where I've probably seen it more than Fargo. There you go, this. yeah.
0: Because the governor made it legal to have adjustable interest rates. So all of the crazy... Amounts that people can charge for their credit cards is based on the fact that South Dakota says if your bank is headquartered in our state and you employ a certain number of people here, you can charge whatever interest rate you want.
1: So Elizabeth Warren card. is not a big fan
0: of South Dakota. I'm
1: gonna guess. I'm That's, guessing. I'm going, I'm going out on a limb here. Well,
0: not of that whole process. The right? process. It was yeah, a great yeah. way to bring diverse jobs and to you know. So many of the jobs in South Dakota were like manual labor jobs that didn't pay well, but they ruined your body. Yeah. And so it it, w- it made some middle class jobs that you could, you know, work in them and not be broken in a few years. That's progress. Blah, blah, blah. The rest of the nation's in debt now. Right. Right? Right. Right.
1: Um, but what was growing up there like?
0: There was the school year times that were kind of in the city. So it might surprise you to know that in South Dakota you walk to kindergarten yourself. Okay. Like you just take yourself to kindergarten by walking there.
1: I did that too in Texas, so it doesn't okay. surprise me. But in the maybe suburbs, the San
0: Franciscans.
1: San Franciscans, yeah. yeah they'll be like, what? Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, I think I walked a mile and a half to middle school.
1: Uphill both ways in the snow.
0: It was flat, but in the winter they would choose when to close school based on if you if a small child would freeze to death if they walked two miles.
1: That's the determining factor. Yeah.
0: So we had school canceled more often than just because of the snow.
1: Because of the walking. The the and wind chill. Freezing to death. Freezing cold. Yeah. Do you remember that like?
0: Yeah, because you had to like change your whole life because if you forgot that it was cold outside and you took a shower in the morning, your hair would freeze and could break off.
1: Yeah, I've heard.
0: Or like the inside of your sinuses would freeze. Yeah. I,
1: I've heard of contacts. Um, Ooh. That's something about yeah. anyway, that's it doesn't terrible. it doesn't sound pleasant at all.
0: Nope. Yeah. High school was very, I was on the debate team in high school. Okay. So I would spend all, I would go to school early and stay late Mm -hmm. in order to research policy changes and parliamentary procedure. And then on the weekends, go intensely debate the realities of foreign culture in China or, you know, geopolitical, whether or not the Federal Reserve Board would raise their interest rates. Which I know is exactly the same as your high school experience.
1: It, it, to a T. <laughs> wow, you weren't joking. I mean, and you know, not um, not as a pejorative or I don't know what the word is. Like, it's you that you were really oh. into that stuff. You're yeah. not just paying lip service to the fact that you were a nerd or not are. Like, are.
0: Yeah, still a
1: nerd. Yeah, okay.
0: Working on a second doctorate.
1: It's serving you well, though. I guess. Your nerddom.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's part of... It's part of why I like this space, because I got to do a lot of oral history and time in the archive at the LGBTQ Uh, Museum, which is a few buildings away. mm -hmm. And... right, So I love a a place with, like, archival photos on the wall.
1: Where do you think you got this from? You said you... You, you introduced it as um, debate team and stuff in high school, but is there was there anything like that, like that kind of reading and learning and talking culture at home? Or where do you think that came from?
0: I think maybe... Well, my grandmother, um, in addition to having a lot of children, um, was the county auditor okay. of her town and ran for election for lots of years in a row. She finally had to give it up because someone tried to frame her. Oh. And she discovered which typewriter was used, and so the mystery was solved. So it was maybe a little bit of Angela Lansbury in there, Forensic files
1: is what I... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Non-murder forensic
0: files. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I've just... My dad was always kind of a lifelong learner, although it took strange and unusual forms. Like, my mom has been a very kind of lifelong learner. My stepmom worked at the university in Sioux Falls, Augustana University, where I went to college. And because she worked there, I got, like, something ridiculous, like 95% off of tuition. I don't know if that's accurate, but it sounds accurate. It's two
1: 98% accurate.
0: 98% accurate is correct, yes. And so, like, so immediately after graduating high school... I moved onto the college campus and began working at the college over the summer, doing the like summer campuses where you like you like arrange all the beds so that like kids can go to like flute camp or like oh. the Norwegian festival and and things like that.
1: There's Norway again.
0: Yeah, but you but if you worked at the school, you got free summer school. Okay. So I just like took all the classes. Right, because the College voice in my process. back of my head was like, take all the free Mom. ones, right? Mom. So I finished in three years. Wow. And then I worked at, um, like, a children's home society for battered and abused kids who lived in a residential facility.
1: Okay. What was your undergrad degree?
0: Well, I tried to be a sculpture major. Okay. And then Matthew Shepard died. mm and there was this kind of national public debate about LGBTQ lives. That was like 98? Yeah, 98-ish. 98, okay. And... Right when um, you are probably
1: graduating, getting out of high school. It was
0: my freshman year, mm. and I just remember, like, I had been a part of church communities, and people were like, you should be a pastor, and I was like, well, that's a dumb job. I wasn't <laughs> wrong, by the way. It's a lot of it's a lot more plunging of toilets than people imagine. Just keeping a building going. The prayer part's great, but it's the behind-the-scenes stuff people don't truly think out. Um, but there was a rule at the time in the Lutheran Church that said, if you were openly LGBTQ, you couldn't be a pastor. And so I was like, I don't want that nonsense. Like... I'd have to be in the paper, and everybody would be talking about my identity, ta-da, like here we are, let's go, but... (laughs) Right, right, right. But, um, so I I decided to just try to do art stuff, and then when Matthew Shepard died, there was kind of this explosion on campus, I had been a musician at the chapel. And people would, like, sing hymns and try to, like, throw holy water on me to get rid of what they thought was gay demons. Okay. Which is ridiculous, by the way. But. Right. Um, you and I recognize that. We know that. it's ridiculous, but. It meant something to them.
1: It which, meant something again, to them. I'm not empathizing. I'm just trying to understand what the heck.
0: No, it it was uh, abusive. And yeah, people should yeah. not live through that. Right. But I had to move off campus for a little while. And in that like, I always knew that God and I were good, and I was, you know, I believed it when they said, like, you're baptized, you're good, like, there's nothing else you gotta do, and so, I just spent so much time trying to explain to other people why God and I were good, that eventually I was a religion major. Okay. Is that the way to make it? Like, you're just reading all the books now, you're going to all the classes.
1: You sort of backpedaled into it.
0: Now here you go, yeah. 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 Did you grow up religious? Well, being Lutheran in South Dakota or Minnesota is like being Jewish in New York. Okay. There are those who go to church and there are those who have the culture. And there are some who have both, right? So being Lutheran is kind of the culture of how people speak and eat and breathe and okay. act. And we also went to church. Right. Um, for like holidays and stuff like that but I didn't like I had done all this nerdy study of like interest rates but I couldn't have told you what Martin Luther ever had said right my 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 favorite thing in Sunday school was the perfect attendance card because you got like a prize yeah and I would take it with me when we traveled and like insist we go to church so I could like get the stamp wow, that's how they had it.
1: that's me. dedication mm-hmm.
0: And I remember zero of the prizes. No idea what they are.
1: (laughs) It mattered then. It mattered then so much. Yeah. Yeah. That was Bishop Megan Rohr. On the next episode of Storied San Francisco, Bishop Megan talks about their trans identity, the move to San Francisco, and their becoming the first trans bishop in the U.S., Please join us for part two this Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Music for the podcast was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Original photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fourth season, we have more than 160 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can, please rate and review our show so we can reach even more folks. We love email. Drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, stay healthy, keep dreaming, and we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco.